0: I am done watching you fuck up your life. I am done watching you be small. I can't do it anymore. So we're talking about where you're toxic and where it fucking comes from and how to heal it. Sit down and listen up. Recovering Toxic, let's go. Welcome back to Recovering Toxic. I am your host, Dime, and I am back with Bex. How are you?
1: I'm fucking fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm fucking fantastic. It's a great day. I always love my time with you. So really excited to talk about toxic dependency today. And let's get into let's, it. Let's get into it. Let's fix some shit. All right. Really? So let, how do we want to kick this off? We both have so there's like all these different versions of so there's codependency, there's counter dependency, there's secure dependency, like there's all these things, right? And I think I love that the conversation is going to be so diverse today because we had opposite ends of the spectrum when it came to how we were dependent in life. I was completely counter-dependent. Can't tell you how I feel. Can't ask for help. Fuck you. If you, if you ask me for a smooch, I'm going to be like, you're gross. Move. Like, don't do that to me. You needy fool. Like I was just so to the extreme. And then we've got you miss.
1: Oh, I wanted all the smooches. (laughs)
0: Our friendship would have been like hilarious. If we had met like 10, 15 years ago, our friendship would have been ridiculous because it would have been just such a push pull, right? (laughs)
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's hash into this. Let's talk about our paths and share these epiphany moments. So we really want to talk to this today to help you understand, are you fucking being toxic? Are you unaware? And how do we bring awareness to it? Because awareness is what creates change. And without that awareness, you're going to keep having the same outcome over and over and over again. And the whole point of this fucking podcast is to help you course correct. So where do we want to start?
1: Let's start with our past and where the fuck it came from.
0: Childhood. What about yours? (laughs) Uh,
1: Let's see. My caregiver was walking toxic vulnerability and their caretaker was the same. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the conversation was just about their traumatic past and all the bad memories and what they went through and also a lot of body shaming. So it was Mm -hmm. very one sided conversation and they didn't have enough brain space to ask anybody else questions about their life. And um, it was really hard, you know. And then I obviously picked up on that type of communication. And anytime I hung out with friends or a girlfriend, it was all about me, all about my past. Uh, I would body shame all the time, you know? So it was just fucking toxic. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. And I'd feel so exhausted after I hung out with a friend yeah. because I would just talk about myself and I didn't ask any questions and I didn't understand that at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had a few... Romantic partners like that in my past, which was super interesting. Um, Mine was the opposite. Like my caregivers were both relatively independent. um, Especially like the male caregivers in my life, just hardcore independent. But I think for me where my counter dependency happened was. Like I was a child born to children. And so I don't think they had any idea right? And they were both dealing with their own things. Um, One caregiver was hyper dependent on alcohol and drugs. The other one was hyper codependent on food and emotional reassurance. But I was kind of like the, we don't have space for you. Move. I don't want to see you. You're just here to be. Literally, I felt like a slave. Like it was like, here's your list of chores that you need to get done. Here's the expectations. They... Forced me into getting a job at a really young age. I think I was 12 when I started working. And from the moment that I started working at 12 years old, I was responsible for purchasing all of my needs from feminine hygiene products to school to all of this stuff. So that sort of like forced me into, like, oh, it's me. I got to do it. And then I remember going through this kind of funny. You know, we all want to be nurtured. And I just thought I was really clumsy. But when I look back in hindsight, The amount of times that I would end up injured in a month, like whether it was like I blew my knees open and had to get stitches. um, I was like fracturing bones. Like it was just ridiculous. And that was my way of being like, do, this is how I get nurturing. And then the nurturing wasn't available for me. So then I learned like, you don't express your emotions. You don't let people know when you're in pain. You don't talk about these things. And so I became really really independent to the point where I went through cancer and I didn't tell anybody that's wow. how like counter-dependent I was I was like no like that's not what we do right and that created a lot of disharmony obviously in all of my intimate relationships but also a tremendous amount of disharmony in how I was a parent to my children and you know instilling in them that counter-dependency. So it's like, we repeat those patterns. Right. And like, I look back and like, thankfully, like I have the most amazing relationship. My children are 25 and 21 and we're awesome, but mama had to sit down and be like, take it on the chin. Like, this is what you did to us. You were like, and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. And it wasn't until they were like in their late teens that I figured it out either. Like not joking when I say it was a shitty mom, I was a shitty ass mom in the beginning. Yeah. So it's like impacted me across the board. And I can still slip into that when I get mad. <laughs> like, if you piss me off, I'm going to be like, mm, I'm doing it myself. I can carry a whole <laughs> fridge into the house by myself. Like, it's totally fine. Like, I'll do it. Like, just that, like, fiery, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it just sneaks up every now and then. And I really have to pay attention to that. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And see, I was totally opposite of that. Like, the only time I felt like I received love was searching for compliments. You know, I was very much in my masculine energy, you know, do your chores. Do well in school do well in sports i would starve myself and excessively work out because i wanted someone to compliment me on how Mm -hmm. well i was doing and that was the only time i knew how to receive love you know
0: so i was very dependent yeah
1: oh yeah that's all i knew how to do Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i was the opposite i was like i don't even need your compliments like just a firecracker
1: Oh yeah. And it was a huge wake up call when I went to college, you know, and I joined the sports team and you know, your coaches, your teachers, your teammates, your classmates, they're not going to, they're not going to compliment you. They're not going to go out of their way like my caregivers did. And that's what I was used to. Mm -hmm. And this made me even more of a perfectionist, put me more in my masculine energy. And I had to be perfect, which was so much fucking pressure on me somehow I, I still did really well, you know, and if I wasn't getting those compliments, I'd be like, Oh, I think I failed that test. I'm I'm so shitty Mm -hmm. at taking tests or, Oh, I don't think I'm going to make the competition team next time. I rode like shit today, you know, because I wanted someone to be like, no, no, you did so great. You did so great. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. constant.
0: Yeah. Mine was, I went through a little phase of like really toxic vulnerability in my twenties. Like when I was going through my divorce, I was 24 and like it was I was going through the worst divorce. We were Jehovah's Witnesses. I had to leave that faith. I chose to leave that faith. But in all of that, like, um, my father actually supported my ex-husband with lawyers and stuff like that to help him like try and take the children from me. And I'm just a fucking kid. And so I went through a really small phase of really toxic vulnerability and being a victim. But still within that, my counter dependency of, I've got to figure this out for myself. I've got to, which was the opposite pressure of it's all on me. It's all on my shoulders. It's like, I'm responsible. So then going into any relationships after that, I was the, I was the doer. So I couldn't surrender into allowing a partner to be the masculine pillar of strength for me. I had to be the masculine. I had to be the powerhouse. I had to be the driving, driving force which, you know, from outsider's perspective would get completely taken wrong that I was bossy or controlling or whatever, but that's not what it was. It was just like, well, if you're not going to do it, I got to do it. And so I just was always so proactive, right? So a little bit different than not knowing how to receive. It was that stubborn, this is my role. It's, it's all on my shoulders. The pressure's on my shoulders. Right. And then once I course corrected that, Then I know how to move in my, what I used to call the divine masculine, divine feminine. I now call the divine doer, the divine creator. And I can, I can float between both of those things. And I'm very confident in my doer energy without it interrupting that creative flow, right? Or that creativity, that connection. So it was a long journey for me. Um, And in that, it really also made me struggle with, uh, can I be feminine? Can I be perceived as feminine? Can I be loved in my feminine? What is femininity? Like, am, am I okay to be soft? Am I okay to show my emotion? Am I okay to, you know, have long hair or do my makeup, those things? Like, it created such a, like, I don't want to be perceived as needy. I was so afraid of being perceived as needy that it was like, well, if I'm too feminine, then am I seeking attention? And that's needy. Like it just fucked me right up. Like my, all my young adulthood, it took me forever to like balance that and be okay with it.
1: Right. Yeah, I was the same in that aspect. I was very afraid to be in my feminine because I knew how sensitive I was and empathic. And I just noticed anytime I would hang out with friends and I showed that side of me, they weren't digging it, you know, and mm. I I wanted that social life and I wanted to be liked and accepted. And I would freak the fuck out if I showed a little bit, a, a little side of me like that, um, you know, friends would stop hanging out with me. And then mm. I would be toxic with other friends trying to dig for information. Like, why don't they like me? Why, oh, why no. are they not hanging out with me anymore? You know, and I was toxic vulnerable with that. And because mm-hmm. I wanted to know the answer and I was too afraid to ask them myself because I, I didn't want to tip the boat, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't know my requirements at that time. I just wanted to know the answers and feel accepted. Oh, fuck. It's, mm-hmm. So toxic.
0: I know. It's like, I'm like feeling it all right. <clears throat> like I'm, as we're like talking, I'm reflecting back and I'm like, whoa, man, the I just truly believed that I would not be accepted. That was my true belief at that time. And so, moving through identifying counter dependency within myself, I had to also heal the fact that I can be received, I can be loved, I can be accepted into a group. But it was just my absolute expectation that I was going to be pushed away. And, you know, my father, was like, big girls don't cry while physically harming me. Like you don't do that. Um, so that also like led into just trying to maintain that strength because I believe that that was not weakness, but it wouldn't be accepted and that would make me reject it even more. So when I look back into my twenties, that was probably the most like cringy timeline of my life. You know, in the workplace, I was bullied. I was rejected because I expected it. And I had no idea how to move into just a neutral state of dependency and allow myself to receive and be accepted. I just automatically expect it. And then I stayed in that strong role. And I remember this one conversation with my birth sister. So she's an incredible empath, she's a star seed, she's super delicate. And her emotions are always on display and mine were always buttoned up because we had very different experiences with our parents. And I remember her saying, you're always so strong. And like, it felt like such a projection of like, you're so strong, you don't show emotion. And then I remember her trying to convince my daughter that I was just cold hearted. And I was like, that was my defining moment of like, I don't know how to let people see all of me. That was my defining moment was this woman who I loved my whole life, rejecting me and being like, you're not a part of my life anymore. And I was like, because I'm strong. Like I thought that's what I had to be. And I didn't even know, like I had no awareness whatsoever of that's how I was being perceived. And that was the expectation that I expected to receive. And so that moment when someone I cared about so deeply and madly turned her lens on me and was like, you know, and she even said to me, if we weren't blood related, there's no way I'd even like you. And I was like, that murdered my soul. Like I went into such a hardcore depression after that. And then I ended up with cancer right in the same timeline too, which was super fascinating. Talk about timing. And that's when I began the work of like really looking at myself and being like, What is going on? Like, why is this my expectation? And so, you know, when we first start the conversation, I'm like, childhood, like, literally came from childhood. Like, this is who you need to be, dime. This is what you're always going to be. This is what you need to expect. Don't ask questions. Keep moving because nobody wants you. Like, that's truly how it started for me. And becoming aware of it and trying to figure out, like, what does it feel like? I remember the first time that I actually cried. And the whole time I'm in my ego and I'm like, why is my face doing this? Because it was like, like the ugly ass cry. And I just remember like, as I'm crying, I'm in my brain being like, why is my face doing this? And why does it sound like this? Like it was such a conflicting experience for me because it wasn't natural. I'd never done it. I wasn't allowed to do it. Um, Going through like the hardest shit in my life. I wasn't like, it just was crazy to me. And so it was like this really interesting turning point of, well, now what, like, do I, how do I, how, oh, right. What was your turning point?
1: Um, I just realized like when, you know, going through your program and everything is reflected to us, everything just made sense. Like, oh, no wonder I kept attracting these types of friends. No wonder I kept attracting these types of relationships. I wasn't being, My authentic self. I wasn't owning who I really am, my fucking weirdness, you know, like all the shit I like to talk about and, you know, like what happens after we die and talk about the stars and all that stuff. And it was really going through my last breakup and being totally alone, not depending on anybody. You know, I didn't hang out with friends. I hung out with family sometimes, but it just finally made me go deep within myself and process all that stuff and I had to own myself and own my power and understand that it's okay to be who I am. And I was just so over attracting the wrong types of people in my life. And the people that accepted me, fuck yeah, let's go. The people mm-hmm. that don't, I had to get over if they judged me or not. You know, We're going to be judged whether we like it or not. And, mm-hmm. and so that's when I really stepped into my power and it felt so damn good and mm-hmm. and and i had to you know release all those people for to make room for the people that are meant to be in my life
0: yeah so interesting how you know opposite our journeys are but yet how it creates that same emotion right within that that feeling of isolation that feeling of non-acceptance and I just truly expected no one was ever going to accept me so I didn't go through the who am i authentically like really who am i I'm very selective about who I offer all of myself to. And at that turning point for me, the people in my past were used to just me being that that doer, like get it done, take control, Mm -hmm. move through it. She's strong, blah, 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 blah. So I never offered them the other versions of myself. And I just let relationships fall away. But as I was moving through that awareness piece, I was like, okay, I know I'm going to receive judgment, but I'm not going to expect it anymore. So it was step one for me. It's like, don't expect it. But also don't fucking change who you are. Just heal the pieces that are not serving you. So I've always had the experience of being extremely eccentric and owning my power and setting boundaries and owning my confidence. Like I fell in love with myself before I discovered any of these pieces. Like I love, I fell in love with the broken me. That wasn't easy to do, but that was my main focus because I thought self-love was a be all in all, right? Like <laughs> let's figure out how to love her. She's gonna be great. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> And then I started discovering all of these little toxic things where I was like, oh no, we need to let go of that as well. Um, But loving myself through that process. So I didn't have that broken. I'm alone. I felt safe alone. And I had no problem burning bridges. Like I look back and it's like, oh girl, like calm your tits. Like, what were you doing? (laughs) Like I would just blaze a bridge. No problem. I'd be like, But that's that like hyper, hyper independence, right? Right. Yeah. It's so interesting. So let's talk a little bit about once we start to make those transitions into the awareness of often, always, always until something is healed, it will re-manifest itself in a different area of your life until you really are aware of like, oh, there it is again. Oh, there it is again. And really working through it. Healing doesn't happen overnight. It's, It's a journey. And so it starts to morph into, it remanifests itself in other areas. Mine was becoming a workaholic, like hardcore workaholic, which mm-hmm. is where I failed my children. Right? It was like mom was MIA all the time. And then I discovered that piece, and then I was like, okay. And then it turned into hyper independence on, um, like building this company, which was great in the beginning, but then I healed it. So how did yours remanifest itself in your life?
1: Um, so after I took your program, you challenged me, you know, cause I'd be getting all these signs and you're like, yeah, so what you're getting these fucking signs. Now what, you know, like you need to dig deeper and see what the fuck you're afraid of. And I'm like, shit, like, yeah, all right. Remember that moment.
0: <laughs> it's like you align so easy. Like, you're like, oh my God, I got another dime. Oh my God, I got another, this, oh my God. And like, it was constant. And I was like, "Holy fuck, this one's powerful!" Like, she does she realize that she can go past the confirmation things? And this is like one of the snares in, um, aka manifesting what people most people call manifesting, but it's just an alignment thing. Um, you were just like getting constant confirmation and confirmation and confirmation and confirmation and confirmation. And confirmation. I was like, "Does she be codependent on confirmation?" And then I just oh remember God. being like, yes. "Yeah,
1: right."
0: Again, oh I was oh, laughing, yeah. started waiting for you to figure it out. I'm like, "Oh, another sign." Oh, another one and then I was like <laughs> bitch can you just go past the confirmation phase like what could you actually bring in
1: right and I think a big part of me I was afraid of power I need I needed to define what power was and I didn't see power as being a very good thing in my life and I felt so weird saying like I am powerful it just felt fucking weird you know
0: yeah, but it's I knew how- a lot of people because they feel that right. power is greed or power is bad based
1: on what they've experienced as a child right so super common exactly yeah and so exactly. make your
0: definition rewrite your definition of powerful yeah
1: right and and i remember going up to canada and you you said like you're a fucking powerful woman you know and i i noticed in my life that i would make a lot of people jealous that were in relationships you know because i would be hanging out with a person one of the people that was in a relationship and i would you know Make them feel really good, see their power, see their potential. And then the other person that's in the relationship with them would feel that probably energetically as well. All and it you would
0: cause afraid you were going to take the wives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so, but that brought a lot of shame and guilt within myself. And I had to just say, that's a you thing. And I had yeah. to really, really just say, fuck it. You know, like that's not my problem. I'm going to continue who I am and be be who I am and not dim my light anymore. So that was a huge piece that I had to move through. And then also like really stepping into my authenticity and truly accepting who I am and being seen because at that time we knew that we were going to be doing this podcast and fuck, Mm -hmm. I really needed to be my authentic self. And I, I needed to get over the fear of being seen Mm -hmm. because here we are.
0: (laughs) Here we are. Yep. Yeah, I so, even remember like you practicing because you and I went through like, okay, what's the message that we really want to bring to the world together? And, you know, eventually you'll be working with groups and with clients like very, very soon. So all of our followers can go to diamondo.com, sign up for the newsletter to get Beck's information as we launch further into this. Um, but I remember you practicing and me being like, you're, you're like, who who are you right now? I <laughs> remember <Because laughs> the first two videos. I was like, Beck's. Like, that's not who I know. Like, what are you doing? And you were like, fuck, I don't know. And then all of a sudden it was just like, you did that one, Um, like, I think it was my, you sent me a video for my birthday and you had the side pony in. And I was just like, oh my God, like the world needs this version of you. Because you're just yes. so dynamic and charismatic and fucking amazing and hilarious and loving and like all of these crazy things. Right. I was like,
1: come on. And now here we are. Oh yeah. I did like the little pony flip. I'm fucking hilarious. I I know. Right.
0: (laughs) So good. So good. Love it.
1: Yeah. And it felt amazing. Like once I really owned all of those things, then physical, I was manifesting physical events in my life. Like I avoided two car accidents And I saved a thousand dollars. And this was all in a couple of days of when Mm -hmm. I literally started working on that hardcore. So I was like, holy shit, this shit is fucking legit. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking powerful. You
0: are. And like, I always knew (laughs) it. I was just waiting for you to know it. Um, (laughs) And it has been amazing because you've gone, you've had a lot of powerful, amazing transitions in your life. And now you are flourishing on such a level that I'm like,
1: this. Oh yeah. I'm manifesting all sorts of shit right now. It's amazing. <laughs> all of it.
0: All of it. It's so good. Yeah. And it's like, you know, to get to that level where, you know, Bex and I are sort of sitting now, it is, you have to discover where you're fucking up, where you're being toxic in your life. You have to figure out what are the pieces that want to be healed. And it's not an easy journey. It is messy. It is uncomfortable. It is cringy it is all of these things, but it's not, it's not hard. It's just really uncomfortable. And it's like getting really real with yourself and taking ownership. And that's where you and I both being in mentor roles with our clients, that's where people are failing themselves. So for the people listening today and resonating with, you know, our journeys, it's taking ownership of where you're being toxic. And that's the most uncomfortable part is looking in the mirror and being like, this is a me thing. This is a me thing. Cause it's always a you thing. Always not the big ass crazy shit that happens in this world, but everything else. Yeah. That's on you. So the dysfunctional relationships, the, um, judgment, the, you know, all of the things that we go through, it's, it's a you thing. It's a you vibration. And so you've got to get clear Awareness brings change. You just have to become aware, right? And that's being really vulnerable and start. Like, I know you're really great at going to your journal. That's my preference as well. Like, I just sit with my journal and I'm like, I won't sit there and be like, it's February 12th, 2024. The weather outside is like, that's just stupid. We're not doing that. You're going to sit with your journal and go, what the fuck am I dealing with right now? Where is there upheaval in my life? Where am I struggling? What's frustrating? Where is their lack? What's going on with me? What am I actually feeling? And you're just going to start to write and write and write and write and let it all out. Let your ego dump onto paper. Say everything that your ego wants to say, because as you get it on paper, you're not owning it anymore. And then the clarity can come from there. Right. And it's such a, we teach that in the inner child course, like how to really move through those things. And that's a good starting point for our followers today. Is there any other tools that you want to bring to the table for them today that really worked for you?
1: Um, I just wanted to say, like, I used to just, you like, depend on outside sources to get me out of that and go out with my friends, party, drink, drugs, obsessively work out, overwork myself, TV. Watch 100
0: tarot card readings on TikTok.
1: Oh, all the tarot card readings. And and I would I used to do, like, three readings a day. Like mm-hmm. I was very much searching for the answers outside of myself. And until I really started stopping, I, until I stopped doing all of that bullshit going out and depending on others to make me feel good, being toxic, vulnerable with them, I allowed myself to be toxic, vulnerable with myself. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? You know, I would, mm-hmm. um, I did a lot of video journaling, like, cause it felt like I was hanging out with someone. I'd be Mm -hmm. like, what is going on? And then automatically my ego would take over and I'd be like, well, we'll, we're we're feeling this and fuck this and fuck that. And I would just get it all out and I would get the answers. And then my higher self would come in and be like, okay, well, that's from your past. Like, let's move through this. You got this. This is an old pattern that we need to get out of. We Mm -hmm. need to release all of this bullshit. And I know you're scared, but we need to move on from this cycle because we're done with this. So journaling, mirror work, video journaling, that all just totally resonated and it helped me move through so much shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's like the point I want to leave off on today. It's a you thing. Once you become completely aware of why it's a you thing or begin the process of becoming aware of why it's a you thing, what you're doing to prevent yourself from thriving, the game changes. It comes from within it absolutely comes from within mm-hmm. and it's always been in there. It's just the, we have two operating mechanisms in the body. We have our isness, the consciousness, the soul, and we have our ego self. Both are beautiful in their own way, but your ego is a survival-based operating mechanism and it wants to go into fear. It wants to go into the worst what-ifs. And so when you train that, and you calm that and you work through it and you allow it to have a voice on paper, you allow it to shoot off, you allow it to be whatever it needs to be. It's going to calm itself down like a toddler. And then it's going to be like, okay, this is what we're actually feeling," And then you're going to find right? that clarity.
1: And, you, and your friends don't want to hear about it anyway. Like Nobody a, gives
0: a fuck, right?
1: Nobody fucking cares. Nobody gives a
0: fuck. Nobody gives a fuck that you're like, it's like, honestly, we're so stupid. Like I giggle at it all the time. Like nobody cares. If you're going through yeah. something heavy, you're going to have people who care about you 100%. But your perception of aching for attention and feeling insignificant or feeling fat or feeling too thin or too tall or too masculine, or too feminine, nobody gives a flying fuck. Stop.
1: Yeah.
0: Write it on a piece of paper. Fold your fucks into flying airplanes. Let it go. Like let it go. Nobody cares.
1: Yep. Yep. I would go out oh. drinking with friends and we'd just be toxic, vulner- vulnerable with each other. And it's like you get that dopamine hit and then you go home and you're in the same fucking spot.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the hamster wheel. It's the endless cycle of, yeah, you have to create change somewhere. So let's, right. for our followers today, our listeners today, get at your fucking journal, go sit in front of the mirror, video journal, whatever you're going to do, go discover who and what are you pointing fingers at for the lack in your life. And how is that a you thing? You need to begin that process of what is going on within me, within what I believe about myself and how I am received in the world that is holding me back from that. And then you're going to change the story and you're going to be dedicated to that new story and you'll start to see immediate transition in your life.
1: Right. And then you start developing like who the fuck you actually are, Mm -hmm. what you actually desire in life. And then you come up with your requirements of mm-hmm. what you expect from other people in your life. And that's when you start letting go of people that aren't, aren't even serving you or a relationship that's not serving you. Mm-hmm. You need to truly figure out who you are and love the absolute shit out of yourself.
0: Exactly, not hide it from the world. I just want to add one more thing before we wrap up. When it comes to, because I know we're going to get questions on like, how do I know who I am? Like, that's a journey. I remember mm-hmm. sitting in the dark and being like, well, who am I like, who, like, I know I'm a little eccentric and I think I'm pretty fucking funny. Like I'm actually really funny You're um, fucking in hilarious. Real life. in real life. I'm <laughs> fucking awesome. Um, so I knew I was funny and I knew I had a different perspective of the world and I'm very curious, but I was like, but like, who am I? So the advice I want to offer in regards to that is you can be anything that you want to be. There's no rules. There's no rules.
1: That's the best part. And you are the creator.
0: Mm -hmm. You can just practice the things you like and you can change at any moment. At any moment, you can be anything you want. Like you have permission. And I think people are so focused on their role being their identity and not what brings them joy.
1: Yep. I was so focused on making other people happy feeling accepted by other people and oh my god it was the worst so happy I'm in this spot. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Well thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I mad love you. Mad love you. And for all of our followers, hit us up with the questions that you want us to talk about. Like there's nothing off the table. We will go into we will talk about it. It doesn't matter except for politics because nobody gives a shit. Um so we're not going to go there. We're not going to talk about religion. Anything else? pop them in the comments, show us, let us know where you're from, what resonated with this, what part on the planet are you from? We love knowing how, like how far this message goes. And then what do you want to talk about? Show us some love, make sure you hit subscribe. And then if you want details for Bex, you can go to diamondo.com. but you can also get all the information coming up in our newsletters about her upcoming programs and her groups and all of the wild things that we're going to be doing together. So make sure you sign up. All right. Until next time. Go look in the mirror and find a thousand reasons to say, thank you. I love you.
1: Thank you. I love you.